All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, a little extra brass bonanza for you on a positive Friday. How are you? Jason Greger Show. Coming to you live from On the Rocks, Jasper Ave and 118th Street, and uh, they are ready to rock and roll tonight. Of course, uh, a pivotal Game 5 matchup. The uh, Edmonton Orders and the Vegas Golden Knights, both without their uh, top minute-eating defenseman. Alex Petrangelo is out, suspended for a game. Darnell Nurse, out, suspended for a game. And so... Which team will be able to uh, to overcome it? Uh, I would argue the Oilers might be set up better for a few reasons. Number one, they're going to run three lefties, three righties tonight. Ekholm, Kulak, Broberg, Bouchard, CeCe, DeHarnay. Last year, game six, on the road, Darnell Nurse suspended for a game, and Brett Kulak and Cody CeCe played together and were great. Now, the difference in that game was... You had Barry and Russell as your third-pair defenseman. I remember Tyson Barry scored a huge goal in that game. If you go with CeCe and Kulak tonight, you got two rookies in your third pair. And so that's why, I don't know, will we see Kulak and uh, CeCe exclusively as a pair? I don't think so. I, I think you're going to see, you know, a different situations at different times. Uh, I think you might see Ekholm and, and Kulak just uh, simply playing uh, a few more minutes tonight, which uh, isn't crazy. Right? Ekholm and Nurse are both left defensemen. They've played the most minutes in the first four games against the other team's top pair or top two lines, right? Because you got Mark Stone on one line, you got Jack Eichel on the other line. Those are their top two lines. Nurse, 36 minutes. Ekholm, 36 minutes against them. 
But then it's CeCe, Bouchard, and Kulak have all played 29. So it's not, you know, it's not a massive ask if all of a sudden Kulak's going to be playing a fair amount of minutes tonight. It's a little bit more, but it's not like, like Nicholas Haig, for instance. Nicholas Haig is going to move up. He's going to go from left defense to right defense, and he's going to play with Martinez. Now, Haig and White Cloud, they haven't played much as much against Dry Settle McDavid. Not nearly as much in this series. So it'll be a bigger ass for that. And it's Hague on his off wing. You don't think that McDavid and Drysaddle or whichever line's out there, you're going to be tacking him on his offside. Just to see. Because think about it. You're a left defenseman. Usually you're pivoting to your right when the winger's coming on you. Now you're a right defenseman. And of course they can pivot. It's not like Zoolander can't go left. But might be just slightly less effective that way. So watch that off the rush to see if the Oilers' right-wingers are attacking Haig wide more. Just to see how he's turning that way. Right? Like, you're NHL defenseman. All they can turn both ways. But is it a half a percent difference? It might be. So we will uh, we'll see uh, how that goes. Uh, also, no other lineup changes I would expect for the, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, Broberg and DeHarnay. It's, um, you know, Hyman didn't skate this morning, but he's going to play. He's just, uh, you know, he's obviously, and he, I don't know if you saw it last game. There was the one time where he went down. You know when you go down on, on one knee and then he went to get up? Ah, I didn't really get up great. So he's clearly got the uh, the leg injury right now for Hyman. But it's it's not enough to impact him from playing. And it's not like you're on your, your knees a whole bunch in the game of hockey anyway. So. There you go. Uh, also today, it's Positive Friday, and one of you, by the end of the show, is going to win. And it's obviously left-wingers against the uh, the right defense. My bad. So Kane, that actually might be better. Kane, Fogel, right? A little bit quicker. Hyman. I would argue the Oilers' left-wingers are quicker than the Oilers' right-wingers overall, top to bottom. So could be better. One of you today is going to win a $14,000 trip for two to Croatia. That's right. We're doing the reverse draw. The uh, you don't, This is a day where you don't want to hear your name. If you're one of the people who, uh, who purchased a ticket, you do not want to hear your name called today. Right? That's the, uh, this is one of those times you usually want your name unless it's last. All right? We do the reverse draw. We'll do 10 at, uh, at kind of every 20 minutes. 20, 40, 3, 3, 20, 40, and so on. Uh, and we might drag it out for the last five minutes. You never know. It's always fun. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's riveting, I'm sure, for uh, the final five people. You get that close, and then, yeah, hey, there's only one winner. It's all or nothing. I know most of you do donate just for the fun of it and uh, to raise money for uh, MS, which is great. But let's not kid ourselves. You like to win. Who wouldn't want to? So uh, best of luck on our uh, trip to Croatia, which uh, goes September 27th till October 10th. Uh, Paul Almeida from Azarkan is going to be your host. It's going to be unreal. It's the uh, Adriatic Cruise. You're going to be in Italy for a few days. You're going to be sitting in a hotel on a mountaintop. Oh, my goodness. Meat breakfasts and everything. Oh, I'm jealous. I am. Uh, I'm very jealous. So uh, congratulations uh, in advance to whoever wins. And uh, thank you to all who, uh, who made the, uh, the donation today. 
there were 91 different entries this year. Lots of solos. A few people bought two spots and one person bought five. So, lots of extra entries. I love it. Love it. Actually, 92 people. My bad. 92. Away we go. Also on the uh, show today, uh, one team is through. It's the Carolina Hurricanes. They're on to the uh, second round of the uh, NHL playoffs. Also on to the uh, second round, or sorry, the third round, the Denver Nuggets. Wow, they went into Phoenix and absolutely demolished the Suns last night. 125 to 100. That series is over. Meanwhile, we got a game seven. Boston wins in Philly for game six, so they'll have game seven on Mother's Day. Tonight, the Knicks need a win. Golden State needs a win, both on the road, if they want to extend their series to seven games. The Edmonton Oilers, if you're a believer in patterns, some of you are, some of you maybe not. The Edmonton Oilers, thus far, through 11 games of the NHL playoffs, or sorry, 10 games of the NHL playoffs, have followed the pattern of the Dallas Stars to a T. Dallas lost game one to the first round. Edmonton lost game one. Then the Stars won game two. So did Edmonton. Dallas loses game three. So does Edmonton. Then both of them won game four, five, and six. Now you move to the second round. Both lose game one. Both win game two. Both lose game three. Both win game four. And the Stars won game five last night. So, if you're a believer in that, just go to playalberta.ca. Bet the house! Now, that's not very scientific. All right? So, take that recommendation with a grain of salt. But, if you're a believer in patterns, I think order fans are hoping that pattern comes to fruition tonight. Um, I think the orders are the faster of the two teams. The orders have clearly been the more physical of the two teams. And uh, I, I think that's advantageous for them. Hey, look look at Alex Petrangelo. The reason Alex Petrangelo is, is suspended is because he snapped. He basically he got sick of being hit. He can't put it any other way. He got sick of being hit. Nothing else to it. And, and, and the interesting part about it is you look at the orders. The orders have eight guys with nine or more hits already. You've got Bukestad, you have Nurse, you have Kane, you have Fogel, you have Drysettle, you have McDavid, you have Clem Costin, all up and down the lineup, guys on every line. Your top-end players, your defensemen, they're hitting. And you know, I, I think it wears them down. It's 175 to 123, the hit totals in favor of the uh, Edmonton Oilers through four games this series. And if you're Edmonton and you see Petrangelo snap like that, you all that is is, yay, boys, keep hitting him. So who are you going after tonight? You can't tell me the Edmonton orders. You got Kane, you have Costin, you have Fogel as the left wingers. Hello, Nicholas Hegg. Hello, Zach Whitecloud. Right, guys, for sure. Alex Petrangelo has been hit more than any Vegas player in the series. And so watch for that tonight. And especially Haig, because now Haig's a left shot playing right defense. He's done it, but he doesn't do it a ton. And on, on certain times in the game, being on your off wing is a disadvantage. Especially if you're not used to it. 
Right? Lots of times, maybe, you know, you're, you're picking the puck up on your backhand instead of on your forehand. I know they're NHL players, but trust me, you see it. They're And you're pressuring them, and now you're like, oh, my God, I'm getting ran again? All it takes, one little shot. Look at, did you watch last game? Did you see Carolina's game-tying goal from Brent Burns late in the period? Andre Palat, multiple Stanley Cup winner. Bad giveaway. Was feeling the pressure, gave it away. Burns scores, tie game. They end up winning it in overtime. Yes, we're fast. Second overtime winner of the playoffs for him, by the way. So I'm the Edmonton Orders. I am pounding the rock deep again. No question in my mind. No question. They got to go for it. So we will uh, we'll discuss that on the uh, program today. We'll hear from uh, Tom Gazzola, Al Mitchell, uh, Craig Button will be by, uh, Dave uh, Gaucher, the uh, voice of the Knights. Uh, Ryan Rashog will join us. Struddy, of course, will be by. Uh, also, uh, we're going to talk a little wrestling. It's Pause of Friday. Uh, pretty cool event uh, coming up that uh, we will chat about. Who doesn't love a little wrestling? I know you want everyone. I don't like wrestling until we talk about wrestling, and then you you kind of like it. Everybody has a favorite wrestler story. Now, you might not be into wrestling as much now, and that's totally fine. But there was a time where most of us had a, had a phase of our life where wrestling was fun. It was your guilty pleasure. Maybe you liked it a lot. Either way, good times. So we'll, uh, we'll touch on that. You can always get involved. You can text us at 10 12 60. And dial us up at triple four twelve sixty. Email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox, Jay Gregor at TSN twelve sixty dot ca. Uh, get into Jiffy Lube now for a full synthetic uh, Pens oil oil change, and as a gift, you'll get a twenty dollars gift card in return for them. Hey Gregor, Hag six six two thirty, Fogel's two hundred pounds is a fly from G. G hasn't been watching the games. Does size matter? How big's Petrangelo, dude? What are you talking about? Why'd Petrangelo snap? Because he kept getting hit. Constantly. It's about feeling the pressure. And trust me, Warren Fogle, pretty fast skater. Evander Kane, I don't like how you used Fogle, not Kane, who's me, or Costin, who crushes guys. He's like, oh, I'm going to pick the one left winger who's the smallest. Well, he's still a decent hitter. And it's not all about size. It's about constant pressure. And if you get Hay, Hay's not worried about getting hit. It's the pressure of maybe you move the puck a half second quicker than you normally would. And that causes a turnover. Hey, Gregor, how is Nurse suspended for instigator dropping his gloves with an unwilling participant? And Petrangelo wasn't suspended for dropping gloves with McDavid, who was obviously an unwilling participant. Um, well, first of all, McDavid actually uh, went up to Petrangelo first, number one. Um, so I, I'm still perplexed by that whole situation. But I, I did, because I wrote the article, I, I used the, the Glenn Denning and the, and the, uh, and the Domi uh, situations. I actually had uh, an NHL official reach out to me, which I appreciate. And this was their explanation of the, uh, the instigator rule, be, uh, be the difference in how... Now, this is one guy's opinion. Right, but he's an official. So, uh, Glenn Denning and Domi are different. Both of those instigators were a direct result of something that occurred in the last five minutes, and uh, the reply from both of them was immediate. The league doesn't have a problem with a response to a questionable hit. 
The rule was put in to prevent players from waiting until the game is out of reach and then choosing to exact revenge for a prior slight with nothing to lose. In Nurse's case, although the two players had been going at each other all series, there was zero reason at that instance for Nurse to go in. Grab him. That was a textbook example of what the league is trying to prevent. Now, he also added, I don't want to get into the Nurse Petrangelo thing, which is exactly, hey, if you want to say Nurse is that, I have no problem. I don't love it. When I watch Glenn Denning, Glenn Denning, and and by the way, it was a clean hit. It's not even questionable. That was a perfectly clean textbook hit when Luke, Glenn Denning. If you haven't seen it, it's on my Twitter. It's also in my Orders Nation article today. You see that there was only two examples this year of play. And actually, in the history of the NHL, there has never been a suspension from an instigator in the last five minutes until Darnell Nurse. He's the only one. So... I don't care unless you had said at the start of the playoffs and there was a memo, which there wasn't, that stated any instigator, uh, we're going to enforce the suspension. Because they've never done it. Ever. Now, if you want to change it, great. Then send out the memo and change it. Rules get changed all the time. But that was not the case. So I'm sorry. One plus one equals two here. There's There's no doubt in my mind. I said it before. I'm like, watch. They'll give Nurse a game, and Petrangelo gets one. They're going to tell you that they're separate. They should be separate, but they're not. They're not. Because no other player in the history of the game, since the rule was put in place, has had the automatic one-game suspension upheld. Not one. And now magically Nurse does, because his was so much more egregious than everyone else. Give me a break. Give me a break. Like NHL, I'm sorry. Okay, I can't buy that. If you want to say nurse's textbook to the rule, okay, great. Well, what the hell's Petrangelo? How is that not textbook intent injure? So I'm sorry. I right, now, hey, you know what? It's moved on. But like, don't look me in the eye. Tell me to point at the sun and say it's blue, and expect me to believe it because you said it. It's not the case. They screwed up, but you know what? The order is, hey, you win tonight, it doesn't matter. Right? Winning a Stanley Cup requires you to overcome adversity at certain times. That's just a fact. And adversity can come in lots of different forms. So the Empton Orders, guess what? Their best defense wins out. Your top defense wins out. You move on. And when you look at the depth of the orders, Vegas has five lefties in tonight, one righty. Might only be two or three mishandles slightly. That could be the difference. We'll see if they take advantage take a quick break uh we'll return get some names out of the uh, the bin also tom gazola and more on the gregor show presented by playalberta.ca rolling through positive friday and eminent sports leader tsn 1260 how are you hope you're having a great day we are live and on the rocks jasper ave and 118th street your place to uh, watch the game we have the uh, 14,000 dollar trip for two courtesy of uh, azarkan that uh, we are giving away and uh, we'll get the uh, the first 10 names out of the draw again thank you for donating you hear your name you're out if you have multiple entries that just means one of them is out all right the uh, the first name's out david landreth ryan winnick Andrew McPherson, Matthew Daniel, Jason Boyd, Jeff Bogan, 
Bill Cunnis, Gary Brutton, Adam Vanjoff, and Jason Beulah, former Edmonton Husky, Edmonton Elks. Thanks for playing. Thanks for donating. Uh, very much appreciate it. You're still in. Your odds just improved. Keep it going. Let's welcome in uh, to the show. Let's get to the Chronicles. Brought to you by Action Electrical. Of course, uh, they are locally owned and operated. Just purchased Big Hill Electrical out of Cochrane. So now they provide service to all of Alberta, both residential solar, uh, commercial solar, EV chargers, and more. Go to next, or sorry, go to uh, actionelectrical.net. As uh, Tom Gazzola joins us. And uh, Tommy, uh, let's talk about uh, how the orders do you think they approach uh, the moves on the defense core of Vegas with Nicholas Haig moving up to the top pair and going from the left side to the right side? Yep, attack him. Attack Ben Hutton, who's only played one game in this postseason. Hutton will be paired up with White Cloud. I like White Cloud. I think he's a pretty good defenseman, but Ben Hutton, a veteran guy, but he's only played the one game. And when you don't play for a while, you get a little bit rusty and you got to catch up to everybody else. And we're into round two here. We're deep into round two. So attack, attack, attack. Uh, Nicholas Haig, he's a huge human being, and obviously they went after him physically. Uh, as they did Alex Petrangelo, but uh, Nicholas Haig, although he'll try his best, is no Alex Petrangelo, Gregs. So you try to go after that third pairing for sure. And then anytime Martinez is up there with Haig, I think we all know which side the order is going to try to focus in on and try to expose a little bit. So uh, this creates a hole for the Golden Knights on the back end. Edmonton also, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, has to deal with its own hole, but uh Philip Broberg, as opposed to Ben Hutton, has played quite a bit more in these playoffs. Yeah, I'm not so much really. I, you know, the third pair obviously will, will impact the game a little bit. I don't, I don't think there's much question about that. It's more so So Haig moves up into the top four, and they, he hasn't played a lot of minutes against the Oilers' top guys. I've looked at it through the series. Meanwhile, Brett Kulak moves up, and Brett Kulak's actually already played 29 minutes against Stoner Eichel, which is the exact same amount that Bouchard and, and CeCe have played. Only Nurse and Ekholm each at 36 have played more. So you're moving Brett Kulak up, but you're not putting him against players he hasn't faced. And that's where I think there's an advantage for Edmonton, plus he's on his natural side. Yeah. Well, and Kulak, I mean, he's had an outstanding playoff. So, I mean, I'm looking and curious to see how much the Oilers roll out. Uh, Broberg and DeHarnay together, if at all, or if they splice in other guys to to kind of balance things out. But uh, as I look at this game and we approach this game, I see what void the Golden Knights have to deal with, and I compare it to the one Edmonton is being dealt with, with the one-game suspension to Darnell uh, Nurse. I, I think that the uh, Oilers are in a better situation overall. And I think the Golden Knights are going to be, uh, you know, trying to tread water a little bit more. Although, veteran guys and, and guys rise up. But I like the Oilers' opportunity in tonight's uh, game. And then going back to what you said about Kulak Greggs, he's been subtly, very quietly excellent for the Oilers this postseason. Oh, yeah. He is, uh, he's, been, he's been solid. Um, now, the other thing for Edmonton is, is it Jekyll or Hyde tonight? Because that's what the series yeah. has been. Right uh, in the even number games, orders have dominated. In the odd number games, Vegas has dominated. And if you're Edmonton, that trend has to change. Otherwise, you're going to lose in seven. So I, I, you know, like I thought last game they were even better than they were in game two from start mm-hmm. to finish. They were infinitely more physical. That obviously led to Petrangelo losing his marbles. 
And I, I just wonder if, like, Edmonton, the one thing they've done great in all four games, Tom, is they've come out very well. They scored first in all four games, and uh, and three times they scored first in the, in the first three minutes of the game. Yeah, and then last game as well, uh, they also managed to handle the next wave of Golden Knights attacks coming at them in the next, what, minute, minute and a half, and that's something that they had struggled with at times, especially in game two, or game one, pardon me, um, to the point where it seems like it's it's kind of clicked for the Oilers, at least it seems like it has. They They may have unlocked something in terms of what works against Vegas, and you're right, they did get the Golden Knights off their game a little bit, so I think it's maintaining that, that up-tempo play, the high pressure, not letting up, not sitting back, and they've, they've found ways to get to Aiden Hill. They certainly did in the last game. I think they're going to continue with that. Um, they've put themselves into a good spot, Gregs. I like their opportunity tonight, and I like the demeanor from Connor McDavid after the game the other night where he said, somebody's got to win too, and it better be us. Well, yeah, now's your opportunity. You've built something up here pretty good, and I know that the Golden Knights are going to try to counterpunch on home ice, but the Oilers do have a formula that works. It's just a matter of executing, and if they can build off of what they did in game number four, then I think they're in a good spot. Again, though, this has been a crazy series at times, and uh, the Golden Knights are still a formidable opponent, and I would be very weary of them. And if you take a shift or two off, they could bury a couple on you like they have already this series. Tom Gazzola joins us. I'm the sports leader, TSN 1260. Uh, you mentioned Aiden Hill. And, uh, you know, th- there's a few areas. Uh, we got the scouting report. Um, uh, well, I got a scouting report from um, from a goalie analyst. That, that, and, and you know what? Those goalie guys, they definitely know. Um, what they're talking about because uh, on the on the one goal he talked about the, the he's not as good side to side because he's so low in his stance so he's mm-hmm. not as quick and we saw that on the Nick Bukestad wraparound right? right and I I watch Edmonton the one thing that uh, Dustin Schwartz has done very well is when he finds kind of a a, a weakness they exploit it so and the other one is Hill plays deeper. So there's more exposure, but he also you, you got to pick corners, but there's more exposure there. So I watch for Edmonton tonight, and shot selection and shot location has been something that we've seen in the, the last series where the deeper you go, and now it's a little bit different because this is Hill's only, well, I guess he's technically played parts of the last three games, two, three, yeah. four. Right. So And they had this scouting report on him anyway. But does the players get to see him more? When they, you know, it's quick reaction because you can talk all you want in video. Hey, this is where you shoot. That's great when you got time, but sometimes you don't have a lot of time. And I just Edmonton's done a good job later in series of starting to exploit the weakness of the goalie. Well, they did that to Corpusalo uh, to a T. And with with Hill, I think of uh, the Ekholm goal. That was I thought that Ekholm was kind of at a tough angle to take that slap shot, but he found that corner, like you mentioned. Uh, the Bouchard goal, another <laughs> absolute bomb. Uh, far side to the blocker on a one-timer. That was a, a great shot. And Hill, I'm thinking back, was a little bit deep in his that. And then even the Nugent Hopkins goal, there was a, a little bit of chaos in front of Hill, but he found a, a small spot where Nugent Hopkins put the puck and he, he fired a BB there. And so if they're going to get clean looks at Aiden Hill, they beat him. They did it three times last game. So if, if that may, if that scouting report holds up again tonight and Hill doesn't stand on top of his head, uh, you know, the, we, we could see the Oilers exposing that one more time. But he had a great season, Gregs, and uh, I have a ton of respect for him, but he is not 
at the level of what we saw from Jonas Corposalo. Uh, Logan Thompson was the starter ahead of him when they were 1A, 1B. He was the 1B. And then there were times where I know Hill was a little bit banged up late in the season, but Brassois and Jonathan Quick were getting looks ahead of him. So uh, he's, you know, option number three, four, depending on how you look at it right now. I know they're not really high on Jonathan Quick, but he's there. He's backing up. But this is a guy you got to get to, and the Oilers did a great job of doing that last game. has to continue. The uh, If you're Vegas tonight... Which defense pair, because Petrangelo's seen McDavid the most, are you, are you switching it? Because it was McNabb and Theodore, mainly against Dreisaitl, and it was Martinez and Petrangelo against McDavid. Do you stick with that, or do you alter and, and try to get McNabb-Theodore out there more? I don't know if I trust Nicholas Haig against the speed of, of Connor McDavid. Even a Connor McDavid that's you know dealing with a, a wonky left leg, uh, which seems to be, you know, slowly but surely healing up a little bit. I would probably go with McNabb Theodore against McDavid, and then try to go get Hag and Martinez against the dry saddle line. Hag again, just the fact that he's a big, rangy guy, physical. Um, maybe he could go up against Kane and and, and dry saddle a little bit better. Listen, McNabb is a big guy too. Theodore is not small. But the skating ability of those two, I think, is a little bit better than that of, of Haig. And, and Martinez is just fine. But um, I think that maybe Bruce Cassidy flips those two and, and has uh, McNabb and Theodore up against McDavid. And then Haig and Martinez goes up against Dreisaitl and Kane. That could be a, a troublesome test, an experiment. And, and maybe it creates a change in game, but that's how I'd go about it, just considering, you know, I, lo- I think Haig's a big body guy with the range. I think of him kind of like DeHarnay with a little bit more experience, but I think McDavid would attack him at will uh, if he gets an opportunity tonight. What is your biggest concern regarding Broberg and DeHarnay as a pair? That they uh, will hear footsteps, that uh, they will make puck uh, errors, uh, handling it from their goal line in. Uh, I'm concerned that uh, the Golden Knights forwards would get in on the forecheck on them tough and then start to cycle on them. That's, That's where I could see them getting into trouble because these Golden Knights like to attack in waves. And if they smell blood or or sense that they can get to Broberg first and then maybe DeHarnay, who's been better these last few games, uh, I think that could be trouble for the Oilers. And I feel like that's probably part of the game plan for the Golden Knights is go after the lesser experienced Oilers blue liners and try to see if you can create some turnovers and create some opportunities and then uh, funnel pucks towards Stuart Skinner, create chaos in front of him. And we've seen these playoffs when Skinner has... Uh, a lot of traffic in front of them. Pucks have found their way in. So I, I think that's my biggest concern from an Oilers standpoint with tonight and with them having Broberg and DeHarnay in the lineup without Darnell Nurse there. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I also think, I think you know what, this coaching staff has shown faith in their players all year long. You know, like you look at DeHarnay, DeHarnay's been really good in games two, three, and four after a tough game one. He's been really good. Hasn't been on the ice for a goal against, and, and really, I don't think he's made any any glaring errors uh, since game one. Uh, Broberg hasn't played a lot when he's played. He's been solid. Um, so, you know, it'll be good for him. I, I think they want to get those guys some experience. And I think if they have a good start, 
right? Like the, the one difference is, um, you, I think we will see Bruce Cassidy at times, if he can, more than he has in the other four games on, you know, defensive zone, icing or anything, and those young guys are out there, I think we will see the Eichel line come out. We haven't seen that a ton, but I think right. you'll see that tonight. And and why not? I would, too, if I was the opposing coach. Yeah, and and with those two, Broberg and DeHarnay, and, and I'm, I'm thinking, like, if they pressure, the Golden Knights do, they pressure, they pressure, they pressure Broberg and DeHarnay, the two less experienced defensemen. If they get to one... I think it's a domino effect, and then the other one's in trouble, and they start scrambling. I think there is a possibility of that. Maybe they bend and don't break, but Greg's. I think that's probably the plan of attack from the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Tommy, have yourself a great day. Uh, pre-game show tonight. 6.30, Greg's. We'll be live at the Canadian Ice House. Should be a good time. Weather is beautiful. That patio upstairs is uh, something to behold. So if you're not at uh, OTR, make your way to Ice House. Ooh. All right. Okay, buddy. Have a good one. You too. It's uh, Tom Gazzola. The Chronicles brought to you by Action Electrical. 238. So I'll get some more names out of the draw when we return. Uh, Somebody is going to win a trip for two, $14,000 trip, courtesy of uh, Azarkan. Paul Almeida will be your host. You're going into flying into Venice, Italy. Then you're going to be going down on a cruise to the, uh, down to Croatia on the Adriatic coast. You're going to end up uh, later on with a few nights on a clifftop hotel in the seaside town of Kavtat. Oh, my goodness. Unreal. All of your uh, um, your breakfasts uh, included, all of your transfers, everything, your flights, all that. The only thing you need to add is uh, any travel insurance will be because depending on your age or your health or whatever, that'll be up to you. But uh, everything else, and you don't even have to book anything. That's what's amazing. You're just going to have to give them your name, your passport, and boom, show up at the airport. Sick. It's like the greatest part because who doesn't like traveling? But booking the trip, like, come on, let's be honest, guys. If uh, you go on a family trip, for the most part, like I know for me anyway, my wife loves doing it. So and I'm like, great. I just, uh, where, what time's our flight? Oh, great. I'll show up. It's awesome. Uh, when we return, uh, we'll have a, a little bit of fun with a sport that, uh, depending on what stage of your life, you loved it once, you still appreciate it. Discuss it next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Positive Friday. We continue on live on the rocks. Jasper Ave, 118th Street, uh, your place to get in. But, hey, I recommend tonight, if you're coming, you want to get a good spot, get here early. They, uh, they got some seats left. For walk-ins, but uh, I would recommend being here. Hey, 6.30, the party's going to get going. 7.30 is when all the uh, specials begin. $4, you're going to have a lot of fun. Hey, you can watch the Leaf game. Hey, maybe you'll watch them extend it to uh, six games or have another disappointing outcome and lose. We'll see. So uh, check that out. Jasper Ave and 118th Street. Now, before we get to our next guest, 10 more names are out. Remember, if you hear your name, thank you so much for the donation. You're out. Unless you have multiples, then you're still in. So, these 10. Emile Paquette, Ryan Devon, Alec Heffernan, Bo Couchy, Devon Lednovich, Michael Simpson, Gary Halusa, Miles Fader, Andrew Didrickson and Steve Green. Thank you all for playing. 
Thank you for donating, supporting MS. You're out. Now, let's get to our uh, wrestling report. Brought to you by All Tech Supply. They're huge wrestling fans at All Tech. Baby Stampede Wrestling. Growing up in that era, they love it. Alltechsupply.com. And, and really, who didn't? Uh, from this area, man, are you kidding me? Growing up as a kid, Maka Singh, oh, Duke Myers and the glove, Carrie Brown. I'm aging myself, but they were unreal. God, that was like my first wrestling experience. I'll never forget it. Old ladies spitting at the wrestlers. <laughs> oh, it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, our, our next guest uh, is a gentleman, of course, um, one of the most accomplished professional wrestlers in Canada. Is a multi-time champion in the uh, Prairie Wrestling Alliance. Has appeared on uh, several WWE televised events. We're uh, excited to have. On the show, uh, Michael Blaze. Michael, welcome to the show, my man. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm awesome. So you're going to wrestle tomorrow night in an Infinity Gauntlet match, which yeah, is, this is like eight hours? What the hell's going on here? Uh, so what I'm trying to do, it's at our pro wrestling training school in Edmonton here called the Clandestine Wrestling Society, which... Yeah. I, I try to mention this really quick and everything just so nobody accidentally doesn't understand. Unfortunately, we can't have it open to the public. So it's just going to be live streamed on YouTube, though. So everybody okay. can still see it. Um, and basically, yeah, I'm going to try to wrestle for eight hours straight with a little caveat of a couple five-minute intermissions in between every fourth match just so I have a chance to go pee if I have to. And we're doing it as a fundraiser for the Scholarly Children's Hospital. So now, how come you couldn't have fans there? Uh, It's literally just because of the size of our training building. Unfortunately, the way everything came together, we just weren't able to get, like, a full-size venue for it, trying to do this thing. So, yeah, it's just the size of our training building. It's only so big. Okay. So now people can donate if they want. They can go to uh, uh, clandestinewrestling.com. uh, Clanda, uh, sorry, Clandestine Wrestling Society dot uh, com. Uh, I'll put the link out. Connor will put it up on our Facebook page and stuff for people who are who are interested. Uh, what's uh, what's the connection to the stallery for you? Um, so for me, ever since I had this idea for this crazy long match, because I've had it for a few years, and I was just always trying to figure out like a way to make it resonate with people and everything, and the right time to be able to do it. And I figured an eight hour long. Thing. Everybody knows an eight-hour-long workday. So they would understand, even if they didn't understand wrestling, they'd understand an eight-hour wrestling match. And then the biggest thing, though, above all else, was I always wanted it to be for charity. No matter how we did it, I wanted it to be for a good reason. And then as I was looking into everything and trying to figure out what charity is the best one, what fits the best for this, People close to me started suggesting the scholarly, and then I found out stories from a lot of my family and friends where they had situations with children who have gone through the scholarly or what have you. And then I thought kind of back to myself as a kid, and I was like bullied as a kid and everything, and wrestling was kind of my support system. I never had to go to the hospital or anything for my support, but wrestling always supported me. So that in my brain, I was like, oh, I can take the thing that supported me and use that to support kids locally in Edmonton. And I know that the scholarly is like internationally known too. 
So it just felt like the right fit. And yeah, it just uh, helping kids and everything, helping the future and supporting them. It just felt good to me. So that's why we went with the Stollery. Awesome. That's great. Now, of course, you know, you've been a champ in PWA. You've also been on WWE a few times. So, so you're a young kid and you're like, hey, like, you know, a lot of us watch wrestling. I'm assuming so did you as wrestling was your outlet. But when did you start to get serious about it and think like, hey, you know what? Like, maybe I got a shot here. So for me, the funny thing is, is wrestling is literally like the first memory of my life. I saw it when I was three years old. And I guess the next day I told my parents, I'm going to be a pro wrestler and it just never went away. So when I was 13 years old, that's when I started training. So that's why this is kind of my 20 year anniversary too. Um, and the thing is, is I have this saying now with everybody that I train and whatnot, I won't give up on you as long as you don't give up on yourself because if you really want to do it and you have the sport behind you, you will keep pushing you will get, to whatever ability that you want to get to and you'll have a shot at this and sometimes timing doesn't work out and everything but you'll have a shot at it so i was really lucky that even though i wasn't very good from the beginning and i wasn't an athlete i always had people like tj wilson and natty neidhart who were really supporting me and pulling me along the whole way and when i really the first time i really was like oh i think i really do have a shot at this was probably the first time i ever like wrestled quote-unquote a big name and that was when i was 19 years old and his name was weird wrestling name but his name was homicide and afterwards he told me i did really well and everything and then i just kept pushing from there and then i've had guys like samoa joe cody rhodes all tell me really good things that i've had my shots at like wb tryouts some appearances on wb tv and it's just a work in progress but yeah 19 was probably when i was like okay all this is working, and it's just that support system that kept me pushing. So Michael Blaze joins us. Uh, he's, he's got the Infinite uh, Infinity Gauntlet match tomorrow. He's going to wrestle or try to anyway for uh, eight consecutive hours and uh, raise all the money for the uh, salary. So when you mentioned wrestling as a three-year-old, you were watching. So who was like your? Who were your favorite wrestlers? Who who did you root for when you were a kid, and then even as a teenager, maybe even still now? Uh, so the easy answer, especially for Canadians and from this area, my favorite wrestler by far when I first started watching was Bret Hart. And he's still like a hero to me ultimately. The fact that now I go to Calgary every so often, I do dungeon wrestling shows and Bret's one of the guys running it is a ridiculous, cool thing for me. And then as I grew up, I got pretty lucky, actually. He's one of my favorite wrestlers in my teenage years and even the 2010s was TJ Wilson. And then he got to be my trainer and my mentor, which means the world to me. And now, if you had to ask me now who I really watch and pay attention to, I think maybe, like, my favorite guy going right now is Seth Rollins. So, you know, it's interesting. Well, hey, uh, who didn't like Bret Hart, man? He was, uh, you know, Jim Knight. I'm a little bit... uh, a little bit older than you, so I had. You know, I was more of a stampede wrestling guy. Obviously, you know, the Ultimate Warrior. When I got into, you know, I think I was a teenager when the first time I saw back then WWF, and you know, the Ultimate Warrior was my guy. I just loved his ring entrance and everything like that. And so, you know, that, like wrestling's kind of evolved uh, uh, somewhat. That you need to be, you know, obviously you need to be athletic, and you need to be good, but you also need to be kind of the persona on the mic. Like you know, you look at the Rock. The Rock's persona, sure, his build and everything was great, and he was athletic, but I think his persona is what made him a superstar. 
Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And I think it's actually kind of always been that way because even Bret Hart, maybe he didn't have the larger-than-life persona, but everybody gravitated towards that real-life feeling that he gave off. And when he would talk to you on the microphone, you believed everything he was saying, even if it wasn't super over-the-top. So nowadays, I would say you're right. Nowadays, it is a really, really big thing. And that's kind of one of the things that me and all of the people that train with me and everything, we're really always trying to progress on the most. Um, right now, I go by the term of God's gift to wrestling, and I'm a very cocky character. So this whole Infinity Gauntlet thing and doing it as a fundraiser is actually very out of the norm for my character. <laughs> but it's definitely for a good reason and worth it. So, but yeah. So you're, you're you're kind of gone away from the cocky heel a bit for for just one day, and you're and you're going to be the good guy. Uh, oddly enough, like it's kind of gravitated just in wrestling in general here and being around here for so long that I've been a good guy for a little while, and people kind of just accept the cocky attitude in Edmonton, which okay. is kind of cool in itself. But yeah, we're kind of getting a little bit away from the full on God gets to wrestling. I'm better than everyone attitude, and a little more of a like, hey. I'm doing this for everyone, and then let's try to make this work and raise as much as we can, and just like super positive guys. Sort of. I'm a little more, I'm a little more Bret Hart in this one. Sort of <laughs> now, as a wrestler, do you like being the good guys, or more fun being the heel? This is such like a weird question when I get asked it because it's a little bit more fun being a heel. Just because it's easier to talk some shit and everything. Oh, sorry. Uh, that's all good. Here. But yeah. it's a little easier to talk like that and be a heel but being a good guy is really cool too especially when you have kids in the audience cheering for you and i was really lucky we have these love pro wrestling shows here at the end of the month every friday at the end of the month at the rec room south common we have love pro wrestling and there's this one particular kid that comes to every show and it was his birthday two months ago and i was able to give him one of my t-shirts on my entrance for his birthday and just seeing how happy he was made it be like, ah, uh, I think I like being the good guy just for reactions like this. So it's a tough question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. It's uh, awesome. Uh, well, Michael, continued success. Uh, good luck tomorrow. Um, what's the longest you've ever, like, what's the longest match you've had in your career? The longest match I've had in my career so far was just over 60 minutes. Okay, so you're going eight yeah. times longer than that. Yeah, I'm going to try to do eight times longer than that, but it's for a good cause. Like, our goal, we had to end up raising our goal to $10,000 just because it kept climbing so much, and we're at 7800 right now. So if I can, if all of us together can get it to 10000 by the end of the match tomorrow, I'll be over the moon, and it'll be all worth it. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely put the link up on our on our Facebook page and stuff like that. Uh, awesome, Michael. Thanks for your time. Continued success. Oh, uh, thank you so much. I really, really, really appreciate it. There you go, uh, Michael Blaze from uh, uh, PWA. Of course, the Infinity Gauntlet tomorrow. Uh, they got a few guest referees, uh, so they'll have four matches, and then you get like a five minute break. It's kind of like the uh, the longest day of hockey, really. Except uh, you're going eight straight hours, but you're one guy. Right, when you play, and I played the world's longest game, you know, you still got to have a few shifts where you're sitting on the bench, right? You're resting up, not going straight the whole time. So, um, I, you know, people are like, wrestling scripted, yes. But 
the actual moves, you like you're doing a pile driver, you're doing a backbreaker, you're, you're doing all the moves. So uh, fatigue, I would think, would definitely be a factor, and and I think it's a little bit dangerous as you get into hour five, six, seven, eight. If maybe all of a sudden you're tired, you know, maybe you're not lifting properly. So it'll be something to watch for. So uh, best of luck. Uh, pretty neat today. Who wasn't a Bret Hart fan growing up uh, around here at that at that uh, age? I think if you're in your 30s, probably Bret Hart. Cons, who is your uh, first favorite wrestler? Best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Bret Hart for sure was the first favorite wrestler. <laughs> and then uh, I went through a phase where I kind of circulated uh, Undertaker, Razor Ramon. Uh, when the NWO got into it, it was pretty cool. Sting. Yeah, wrestling is awesome. Still is fun to watch every once in a while. I'm a little less familiar with the names, but still like to check it out. Oh, yeah, it's great. When we come back, uh, Jason Strudwick will uh, join us. I don't know if Strudy's ever been to a live wrestling show. We'll find out. Good. You know, it's probably too much standing in the crowd. He might not like it. We'll find out next. Let's get to the Conman Sports Center update. Brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling Home. The no payments, no interest for one year on your AC unit. Stay cool, be cool. LegacyHeating.ca. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 